the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Jesse Gestand. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gestand. Yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, and yes, y'all, all of y'all out there listening today. Good to be with you on this Monday edition of Lifeline. Really, it is. It's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day. We made it. I'm talking about you, me, and all of the people on the planet that lived uh, sometime during the year 2017 and crossed over just some eight days ago into 2018. And we say with the psalmist, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And ladies and gentlemen, we have another year, another year to serve our God, to live for his glory, to rejoice and bask in his goodness, to tell men and women about the grace of God in Christ. And I hope you are down for it. I really mean, I hope you are down for living for the glory of God, because this is the reason for which he made you to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Again, I want to welcome you to the Monday edition of Lifeline. Your host, Jesse Gistin, in the house. As I said, happy, just happy to be here. I'm excited, so excited about the year. Um, you never know how things are going to go as we uh, turn from an old year into a new year. And um, I just quoted Psalm 118. This is the day that the Lord has made. And my elder reminded us yesterday that uh, it would be more prudent for us to speak to a happy new day versus the happy new year. Uh, the subtlety of assuming that um, we can embrace the whole of the year. I agree with that definitely in part. And yet God has given us years, hasn't he? He's given us seasons and and months and years, according to the word of God. So they are destined until Christ comes. And I think it was the psalmist who told us in Psalm, Psalm 90, let us number our days and apply our hearts unto wisdom. Since God gives us life, to the degree of 70 years or by reason of strength, 80 years. And those years are mixed with difficulty, pain, suffering, according to Psalm 90, afflictions and troubles. And we fade away. And as we fade away, the question really is, um, did we walk in an application of wisdom in our heart? Did we really regard and value and redeem? And here's the term that I'm teaching our congregation this year, honor, honor, honor all that God has given us. So yeah, I'm excited, very excited. And by the way, let me give you the phone number just so you can call me because I know you're happy to hear my voice. Again, one triple eight three six seven five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three two nine is the number here uh, at the KFAX station, the coveted KFAX radio station, station, a product of Salem Broadcasting, and we are proud to be on the air for over 50 years now, and um, 
I'm glad to have been on the air with you for some 10 years, at least once a week. Uh, And I'm looking forward to talking with you, chatting with you, hearing what your thoughts are. So let me prime you with some some monologue. First and foremost, as I said, I'm excited about what God is already doing with me and with us at Grace. As you know, I'm the pastor of Grace Bible Church in Hayward, and God has allowed us to have a platform for speaking to men and women all around the world and blessing the saints and calling sinners to the Savior and and all of that stuff that a lighthouse is called to be. And I'm so, so thankful for it. This year, we have been given an assignment by God to walk in an understanding of honor, honor, to be honorable men and women, to be honorable people of God for three reasons. God has positioned us. As honorable people, whenever you are called a son or a daughter of God, you are by position honored, highly honored. And then we want to engage in that honor in terms of a daily, daily practice and application of honor in the full scope of human experience. And that's what you're going to be hearing me preaching on the radio for several weeks, probably starting in about a month or so. There are going to be some fantastic messages around this topic, ladies and gentlemen, because when you read your Bible from Genesis to Revelation, it is all about honor. God created this world in honor. He created the pinnacle of creation that is mankind in honor. God is calling us from a fallen state back into honor, and that honor will be culminated in a destiny of honor for all eternity with Jesus. And so the people of God are called to honor in a myriad of ways um, all through the Word of God. So I want to encourage you, if you need to take up a theme for this year, you can join us at Grace Bible Church. Uh, we have adopted 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17 as our theme verse for this year. Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. Those four imperatives in verse 17 of 1 Peter 2 is the strategy of witnessing on the part of the church in a world that's full of trouble, pain, difficulty, war, conflict, and dishonor. And so this year we will be permeated as the Spirit of God will help us with the idea of becoming honorable people, manifesting the honor that is ours in Jesus Christ. And if you are struggling with the concept of honor, just follow us in our series. It's going to be magnificent because, well, as you know, we filter everything through the person and work of Jesus Christ, who is our honor. And and by the way, he is God's honor as well. And he's the grounds of honor for all things. And so uh, we will certainly be preaching the gospel of the honorable son of God and our honor in him as heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ and learning how to walk in that honor. The transforming of our mind, you guys know that the renewing of our minds, the transforming of our thoughts, the uh, reevaluating of our priorities, the reestablishing of our commitments, the 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 intentional drive to focus on those things are that are of honest report, of good report, of virtuous report, of those things that make for men and women of dignity, of power, of virtue, of strength and of of honor. So yeah, we're getting at it this year. And uh, we had an outstanding Christmas program, Christmas service. Uh, and you can go online and check that out if you want to at Grace Bible Church, grace-bible.com, I think. Um, notwithstanding, oh, there has been an ugly bug running around, has it not? 
Um, it took out several of my leadership. It uh, got me. You guys remember when uh, we brought the young people in several weeks ago? Phenomenal singing on their part, right? Well, one or two of them just had to bug. Hawking and coughing. I think Christian was one of them. You know, <laughs> Christian. Young, handsome Filipino brother who was a tenor and a baritone. He's hoffing, uh, coughing and hacking. And I had to leave the door open so that all that stuff could go out the door. But do you know, as I walked out of the door after the program, headed to my car, which was only about 20 yards away from the door, I was freezing to death. I had the chills. That means that bug got me right there. And I had to fight that ugly head cold and chest cold for about a whole week. Um, By God's grace was um, somewhat prepared for Christmas service and God got us through it. And so I'm feeling really, really good now, having rested, avoided a whole lot of um, activities, a whole lot of things that would stress one out and make one more susceptible to that bug. I'm sure you know what I mean. There's lots of people got sick and I'm praying that as you recover, you recover reflectively, thoughtfully, engagingly, prudently, wisely, because over the next three months, um, as we prepare to enter into a healthy spring and summer, uh, you're just going to have to do that. You're going to have to be wise, particularly many of you who are older, as am I. We just have to, um, again, reevaluate, be honorable towards um, our humanity, our physical constitution, our body, honor your bodies, not in a selfish, narcissistic way, but in a way of taking care of it so that it can be the vehicle by which you express honor towards others and towards towards God. So um, we're thankful we are clear on our instructions at Grace this year as a collective. And as I stated, our theme will be honorable people of God acting honorably because that is the strategy by which you win lost sinners to Christ. One of the underlying principles is Proverbs fifteen thirty three: before honor is humility. Uh, as you and I know that pride goes before fall and Holy Spirit before destruction, before honor, there's humility. So the discipline that leads to honor is humility. And that's something that we all want to walk in. And that fundamentally is receiving instruction from God, our father, as a child does so that he can grow us up into the maturity and inheritance that's ours as kings and queens and princes and princesses walking in the dignity of the free servants of God who are a royal family, and we can be a real blessing to the world when we start thinking the way that God would have us to think. Real blessing, real blessing. Um, Our heart, our mind, our volitions being given over to it this year. I trust that, that that's what you want for your life. So you say, Pastor Jesse, you're sounding, again, like what you do virtually every year. Um, You make a resolution, and I do. I make resolutions every year. In fact, I make a resolution every day. Um, I do. I believe the Bible demands that we do that. I do not believe that the Bible endorses or embraces a notion that you and I are to wake up fatalistic, um, wake up aimless, to wake up without a resolve, without a determination, without a commitment, without a drive, without a focus, without a purpose. I think that um, is a scandalous life, if not a outright disobedient life. Um, so the diligent will bear rule. That's what the proverb says. And you ought to want to do it. And I ought to want to do it. If God has called us to rule with Christ. And if the principle is diligence and the way that you and I acquire the virtue of diligence is humility and be taught. Well, I want to be taught by my father every day until I grow up into him in all things, who is the head, even Christ and be no more tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine the cunning slate of men. 
Yep. So yearly, I do press you guys, if you've been following me for the last 10 years, on New Year's resolutions. And before we take a break, I'm going to read 15 of uh, the suggested New Year's resolutions. And they're not directly related to uh, the principle of honor from a crystal-centric paradigm, but I think they do honor um, our existence, our calling and purpose. And tell me whether or not these are a blessing to you. And I'd love to hear from you as well about your thoughts about the new year. What is 2018 for you? Um, I hope you? I hope you're different this year than last year. I hope you're ready to be different this year than last year. So, uh, and Arthur, his name is Kevin DeYoung, a young, young up-and-coming uh, minister of the word, spent lots of time with um, our, our dear brother, R.C. Sproul, who just passed away as well. Kevin is a bright young light, uh, doing a lot of wonderful things in the cause of the gospel, and he gives us here 15 things that we can do this year um, to make life better and to honor those we love and care about and to honor God. Here's the first one. I fully agree with this as a resolve. Schedule a date night with your husband or wife for some time in the next six weeks. Schedule a date night with your husband or your wife for some time in the next six weeks. That's a month and a half. Take Valentine's Day if you have to. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that's a resolve. Now, let me ask you a question. Can you do that? The answer is, of course, yes, we can. So resolve to do it. I think it's a good thing to do. Schedule a date night with your husband or your wife. If you're a wife, have you ever scheduled a date night with your husband? I know often the husband is called to do it, but have you done it? Now, I want you to think honorably. I want you to evaluate. I want you to reflect. And then I want you to be resolved in your volition to do something honorable for your husband. After all, the Bible explicitly calls us to honor our spouses. So here's a great thing to do this year before Valentine's Day. Take some time out to have a date night with your spouse. That's one. Here's two. If you are a pastor or have flexibility in your schedule, put two prayer days on your calendar for 2018. Put two prayer days. Isn't that pathetic? I know what Kevin is saying. I know what Kevin is saying. Kevin is saying, We are so dishonorable in our priorities relative to God that we don't even really find time to have a whole day of prayer committed to God. But he's saying to the pastor, take two days out of your calendar year to just spend that day praying to God. Is that a good thing? Is that an honorable thing? Is that an honorable thought? I think so. The third one, he says, I already said no to it. I just said no. He said, sign up for a 5K race. No. No, 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 no. Okay, you guys can. I'm not, all right? I'm just, just nothing in my body says run a 5K race. I got it. I, I, you know, I walk, but I'm not running. I, I like you, Kevin, but that third one is not going to work for me, okay? Uh, I do, do love bodily exercise. It profits little, but maybe some of you guys need to do that as a, as a resolve. Maybe you work too much or you're a couch potato. Sign up for a 5K. Great resolve for this year. Fourth, plan a special one-on-one outing with one or more of your kids. Bingo. Bingo. Plan a special outing with one or more of your kids. Now, I have a 16, and i got to figure out how to do that over the course of this year. But I'm putting that on my bucket list, on my calendar, to spend a day uh, a date time with my kids over the course of this year. The Lord bless me in that. I think that's powerful, don't you? 
Just take one of the kids, hang out with them. If it's the babies, just roll around with a stroller for a couple hours. Let them see the woods and the air and the uh, just just do it. You know, just leave in the neighborhood. Just walk around the neighborhood. When you look at kids who do that, you know, they're just happy as it can be just looking at stuff. And to be able to have Papa do it or our Mama do it or our Grandma do it or whoever, just 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 do it. Great resolve. Listen, I got to take a break. I've got 10 more to share with you today. And I'll take your phone calls, by the way. one 367 I'd love to hear from you new listeners or longtime listeners who have never called the program before. one 367 From listeners who have never called before, one 367 Let's just get started. All right. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistan. All right, we're back. Three lines open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Three lines open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Give me a call and tell me what's your outlook for two thousand and eighteen. What's your outlook, child of God? You're driving home now. You can't call if you're driving, but if you are at home or at work, give me a call. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. And and tell me, I'd like to know how do you. Um, How do you set out to order your steps and determine the course of your life if you don't have resolutions, if you don't have resolves, if you don't have um, drives and passions and goals and objectives? one 367 They can be as minute and as um, intimate as just changing the way you think or changing uh, habits that go on within the kind of privacy of your own home. Just the, the the whole objective is to strive towards a much more redemptive and fruitful and valuable experience of life over the course of a year. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. I've got three lines open. Love to hear from you on this topic. I'm going to give you a few more um, before we go to the phone line in terms of suggestions. One is, as uh, Kevin had said, schedule a date night with your spouse. Barbara, you can do that anytime you want with me. All right. Secondly, if you're a pastor, have flexibility in your schedule. Put two prayer days on your calendar this year. Fellas, you pastors, and I know a lot of you listen, you know how we get busy, um, you know, but take some time out for you and the Lord. Uh, Just find a day where you cut the phone off, cut the cut everything off, you know, just just you and the Lord prayer. It's not necessarily fasting. If you have a hard time not eating Uh, Just pray all during the day. Reflect, meditate on the word, listen to some good sermons, take notes, prepare series. Can you imagine, fellas, if if you were to just take one day where you are praying every 10 or 15, 20 minutes, you are reading, listening to fantastic preaching, and then taking notes to build sermon outlines and, and sketches. That way you hear from God as well, don't you? God speaks to us through his word. He quickens us by his spirit. He gives us thoughts and revelations and inspiration and insights. And the next thing you know, God has actually built your calendar for proclamation. That would be great instead of you being pressured to preach because Sunday's coming. You might be prepared to preach because you just spent some time with your father. That's great. Here's another one. Put a date on your calendar when you and your friend will recite the Bible verses you are memorizing. Ladies frequently do this, sometimes the men, but it's great to have a uh, a memory verse partner where you guys can continue working on building your intimacy with God through a knowledge of God's word. That would be great. 
You often wonder, what should I do with my friendship? Well, dry, you know, encourage them, spur them on, as Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, to good works, loving good works. And uh, you guys start quoting scripture, talk about what it means, and then uh, apply it to your struggles. That's why we have the fellowship of the brethren. Here's another one. Invite over the new family from church and get it down on your calendar. I like this. Invite a new family. I'm talking to my leadership team about that whole idea. We are so inclined to spend all our time with the same people we know. When if you're a larger church, you really should be branching out and touching new people in the congregation and inviting them over, at least inviting them for a cup of coffee or some tea or some lunch and get to know them. How about doing that this year, you guys? How about actually pressing into your congregation a little bit more intentive and intentionally and, and pervasively and get to actually know the people in your church? Too frequently, professing Christians go to churches for years. And never, ever expand beyond the circle of a few people. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't know your church when you do that. You are still just the visitor as well. Maybe this year you can just ask a few people, look around, chat, and just go, you know what? Lord, lead me to someone to talk to that we might have lunch together and get to know each other. And a lot of times, you know, this is not all about establishing a a long, lengthy, necessarily friendship. It's just being able to bless somebody, honor somebody with just a moment of time that goes a long way with building the community of the church. I can tell you that now, but this is for the mature. Here's another one before we go to the break, and then we'll come back and go to the phone lines. Make a commitment to give an extra financial gift in 2018 to your church, your school, your missionaries, or some other gospel-centered calls, an extra financial gift. And by the way, we're talking about honor, so you're going to hear me preaching at least 40 different topical components to honor that are explicitly laid out in Scripture in terms of honoring God, honoring his word, honoring his people, honoring his spirit, honoring the church, honoring him with your finances, Proverbs 3, 5 through 9. Um, and so this is what uh, Kevin is suggesting, you know, honor by giving a big extra donation for purposes and causes this year. This, this will expand your own growth. You know that. We've learned it already, haven't we? Give and it shall be given unto you. It's the law of reciprocity, right? Not just in terms of financial giving, but give your time and, and, and give your availability and give your service charitably and uh, devotionally, et cetera, et cetera. First to God and then to others. This is how you walk. Here's another one. Here's another one. Plan for a week-long digital fast and get the dates on your calendar. I like it. Plan for a week-long digital fast. Fast from the iPod. Fast from the iPad. Fast from the cell phone. Fast from the computer. Now nah, you're not going to do that. All right, here's another one. Call up a hurting person and ask for the best time to bring over a meal and take them out to dinner. Don't take no for an answer. You guys writing this down? I'm here to bless you today. You writing this down? Call up a hurting person and ask for the best time to bring over a meal or take them out to dinner. Don't take no for an answer. There you go. See, this is how you walk in the kingdom worthy of the vocation with which God has called you. Because there's a lot of work to be done, a lot of work, a lot of work. One more, and then we'll go to um, a break and we'll come back. By the way, I've got two lines open, one 888 
3675329. I want to hear from you about your perspective on the new year. How do you view the new year? What's your outlook for the year of 2018? Let's talk about it. Let's agree upon it. Let's pray about it and see if God will bless it in your life. I'd love to hear from you. one 367 Here's another one. Pencil Sunday school or the evening service into your Sunday schedule. Oh, I see what Kevin is doing. You see what Kevin is doing? Kevin is actually helping you to break up the monotony of a pattern that takes place in your life where you really are not as intentional about serving God in a radical, diverse, dynamic way as you ought. I was saying this to the congregation yesterday that a lot of members do not honorably worship. In other words, they think they're worshiping, but in reality, they're not because Sunday comes around and when they get up, they go through the perfunctory mode of maybe getting dressed and they got a pattern in which they do it, but the heart's not in it. There's not that real sense of utter eagerness to be with God in the form of worship for which he made you. And it's not that real eagerness to be with the people of God with your best foot forward so that you can be a blessing to them with your heart there, your desires to bless them by your presence and by your smile and by your conversation and by you 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 encourage encouraging them to also focus on the word preached and the songs sung and the prayers prayed and the Coming in the going of the saints, beautiful for situation. The joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion. Church is a wonderful experience, but it's for people who are really about honoring God in the in the context of prayer. And what Kevin is saying is, if you've never done Sunday school because you're just lazy, you stay up all night and you wake up at about you know ten o'clock and then you rush to church, just break that this year. Break it. Come to Sunday school and then come to church. Our Sunday schools are fantastic. They're dynamic. They're great. They're expository, Christ-centered, textually rich, application-full. It's a great precursor to my preaching. My my men do a great job. And, of course, you can catch it several different ways, but it's good to be there. May God teach you to be worshipers this year. Two lines open, one 888 I want to hear from you. What is your outlook for the year of 2018? What are you going to do different? What are you going to do better? What are you going to stop doing? What are you going to add? What are you going to ask God to do with you this year that you know you didn't do last year, that you said you would do, but you didn't do, but you need to do because these are imperatives in the scriptures. Give me a call. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. So glad to be with you. So glad to be encouraging you. So glad to be prodding you and spurring you on to love and to good works. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistand. And we're back. The time five thirty nine on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Uh, the date is January eighth. 2018, we are blessed to be over on this side. I've got one line open, one 367 367 as we are thinking about honor, being honorable, honorable people of God because of our position, then honorable people of God as a discipline and way of life. Let's define honor briefly. To be honorable is to be held in respect by someone. To do honorably is to hold in respect 
someone or something to hold in high esteem, to hold in honor, to hold up as valuable, to hold up as something that possesses merit and worth towards something or someone. When you and I are thinking honorably and we are speaking honorably and acting honorably, it's because we have intentionally targeted things that are noble in nature and and are worthy of that kind of reciprocation or response on our part. So the honorable thing that believers are called to do is to think on those things that are of the most noble order and esteem and essence and substance as Philippians chapter four, verse eight, so clearly tells us to do. Now, you and I know that that's going to be a discipline because some of us don't have the natural propensity or tendency to be honorable in our thinking. And so we're not honorable in our speaking and we're not honorable in our acting. But to be honorable is to give way to or bestow upon or defer towards or confer upon someone or something that which is properly and worthy of reverence and honor. It is a process of evaluation for sure. That means you have to think about it. And we'll, we'll talk here a little bit more, as I said, about honor being uh, characteristically and attributively uh, a certain kinds of things. So when you and I are talking about honor, we're not talking about being careless, but we are talking about thinking it through that we want God to so radically change the way we think that we are able to think in a positive, assertive, optimistic way because biblical honor is really rooted in optimistic faith, optimistic faith. So it becomes the fertile fruit of a faith that is deeply rooted in God's word and you being um, dynamically committed to that kind of overt witness of the grace of God in your own life. It, I think honor actually comes from a place of you being very much aware of who you are in Christ and that as a dignity of your calling, you will commit yourself to a pattern of honor simply because it's right as one who is called a son, daughter of God, a prince, a king, a royal child of the king, a royal priest, if you will. All of the dignified nomenclature of scripture that's given to us as believers um, merits our responding honorably. This year, I'm going to be praying and pressing, preaching and teaching and, 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 and urging you on to this. So let me do this now that the phone lines are full. Let me talk with Deborah in Oakland. Deborah, how are you? Hi. How are you today? Well, Jesse, I am doing the best I can to honor the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. What so. I do, because I'm in so much pain all the time, is I um, pray in spurts all during the day and talk to him. And when people come by, they say, who are you talking to? And I say, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's right. And they think I'm talking to myself, and I said, oh, no, he's very, very real to me. You know what's amazing about what you just did? You you, you actually expressed, uh, Deborah, uh, one of the honor characters I talked about in my message yesterday, and her name is Hannah. If you recall Hannah in First Samuel chapter 2, she was oppressed um, significantly, which means she was also depressed, and it drove her to honor her relationship with God by a continual posture of prayer. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. And so in her pain, she's praying um, rather than merely complaining because, you know, we can complain, but it's not as honorable as praying. And you remember Elkanah said, who, who are you talking to? Are you drunk? <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah. yeah, when people see you praying, uh, just let them know. No, there's somebody here. You may not see them, but there's somebody here, and we're having a conversation. And that, I, I think, it's a wonderful way to um, to offset um, your struggle. And I think that God gives us pain for that. Deb, I and think I also done. like food. So if people want to know what I like and they want to give me some food, I won't refuse it. Well, think about it. You know I was just talking about some resolutions, right? Yeah. Right. So number, let me see here. Number number 11 on my resolution resolution list is call up a hurting person and ask for the best time to bring over a meal and take it to them and don't take no for an answer. So is that a great resolution for someone this year uh, towards you, Deb? Yeah, and if they could stay with me a little while, it would help me. Yeah. Well, here's what you do. When they call you, right, and so we're praying that they're, they're going to be honorable people calling, uh, bringing over an honorably good meal, and will want to sit around and honorably eat with you, not just watch you eat. <laughs> <laughs> and, and talk a little bit about the things of God. And we're going to be, there are people who are right now, as we're talking, being given that assignment by God, because that's what we're supposed to do in the body and of Christ. Jesse, I have a hard time memorizing scriptures, so they can pray also that the Lord will help me retain it in my mm, memory. What a blessing. You're absolutely right. What a blessing. It is a challenge for many of us as we get older. And when afflictions do hit us, it's hard to memorize scripture. I got yes, that. I got that. So we've got our assignment with you this year, sister. We've got it. We've got it. We're going to join you in the posture of prayer when we're in pain uh-huh. instead of just complaining. And then we're going to uh, pray and understand uh, and, and, and be confident that God's going to come through for Sister okay. Deb out there uh, and, and, and bless her. beautiful wife, Barbara, too. Did you? No, I want to meet her. Okay, I've never well, met her, Jesse. Okay. Well, she is beautiful. It sounds like you you met her. She is beautiful. Well, of course she's beautiful because she's got the beauty of the Lord in and outside of her. That's true. And so I'm a, we're going to pray that that becomes a real experience, too. I think that can happen. Okay. All right. I'm going to let you go. Have a good evening. Keep listening. Bless you. Let me go to line number two and talk with Linda in San Francisco. Linda, what's your thoughts today, young lady? Oh, hi, Jesse. Interesting question. Um I, I've been sick since Friday, so I've been laying in the bed listening to uh, KFAX the whole time, listening to a lot more radio than I normally would. And I, one of the speakers was talking about the, the judgment seat of Christ, just touched on it. But he, what really spoke to my heart was he said, you don't, I don't know if this is the way that it really would be, he said, but you don't want to look over and see a loved one at the great white throne judgment. And it, it pierced my heart to think that I have been walking with the Lord 40 years, and I still have loved ones that don't know Him. Mm-hmm. I know. So my heart just cried out to the Lord, show me, Lord, what I can do. Not just pray, not just pray prayers of intercession, but what can I do in my life? Change my life. Show me what to do, Lord, to show these loved ones that I have that you are the, the real, true God. Yep. I talked about I mean, that this Sunday, too. I talked about that. I said, um, 
I said that um, one of the honorable things that God is going to do for the believer is put him in a position of judging with God. First Corinthians chapter six, we shall judge angels and men. It's a profound idea that the true believer will be honored in the judgment that way. But then I also said, do not be quick to um, glee in that because it is quite factual that the judgment will be filled with people that we know, care and love about even our own children. Um, and loved ones. That's, the Bible's just clear about that. If they perish in their sins, if they die unsaved, if they neglect the gospel, um, that could be, but it won't. So I'll just share with you guys the truth about that um, as a blessing, because this is a subject matter that's not really preached, and it's not preached clearly, to be honest with you, Linda, um, simply because of a lot of different views about eschatology. But the simple fact of the matter is, is that God doesn't arbitrarily throw people into hell. Um, The notion that all sin is the same is unbiblical. Um, It denotes an idea of just kind of an arbitrary punishment versus a just assessment and uh, and a a just uh, reprimand for disobedience. And God is a just God, as you know. And so that's why there will be a judgment in order to prove that God was just when men end up in eternity uh, in hell, that it will be an assessment and an affirming that their lives were lived in rebellion against the light that God had given them and that God will overcome when he declares his word and those who are opposing God now won't be able to oppose him then because as the Bible says every mouth will be stopped and the whole world will become guilty before God um, and he will demonstrate that they are worthy of everlasting punishment and the humbling thing is is if we're true believers and we are walking with him we'll be in that judgment which means this Linda as I was stating earlier today about the theme of honor for us in this life is that God is calling us to honorable thinking and nothing is more honorable to think about than the notion that we have loved ones who don't know Christ and that we should be engaged or poised uh, in position to want them to know him and that we ought not to be lackadaisical about their perishing. And I often say that to the saints about being careful about um, these high positions that God gives us in scripture, because we often just think about lost people that we don't know when in reality, there are a lot of lost people that we do know mm. and, and our hearts should be empathetic. And that's why I say the church is called to two fundamental offices. And that is the priestly office of mediating for lost sinners and broken sinners, whether saved or not. And then the prophetic office of preaching to them about the glory of a sovereign King priestly and prophetic. And so your words are great because they are a call to some of us to shift and to spend time really in prayer. I don't, I don't poo poo prayer. Prayer is so significant. Spend time in prayer because prayer changes us. Um, and then it will also um, maybe give us an insight as to how we can position ourselves to give a call and exhort somebody and encourage somebody in our family. And, you know, God does save and he does save through the prayers of the saints. And so there's a lot of things we can do in our prayer team on Tuesday nights. We're praying for families, uh, generations and generations. We do it all the time. Our generation, my children's, my children's children to the third and fourth generation of them that that love him. We pray for God to save the one that are not here. We pray that he brings them in and providentially brings them to a saving knowledge of Christ. That's what we do. That's what the privilege of people who are called near to God in the kingdom of priests have a right to do. So that what you're asking for is phenomenally important in the area of honoring God and honoring our position and honoring 
lost people. The sad thing is that people are not even being taught about that. I, I was raised in the church in Redwood City, Rick Howard taught, and he wrote a book with um, um, Lauren Cunningham from YWAM about the judgment seat of Christ uh-huh. that even has um, William Booth's uh, vision of heaven. Sure. But people are not being taught about the judgment seat or the great white throne in most churches now. The, the younger pastors are just not teaching that much. They're mostly teaching salvation, and it's just a different... Most Your teaching is wonderful, but we don't... I hear wonderful teaching on the radio, by and large, but we're, the, the young people are not being taught that. Right. You know, they're, they're being saved, right. but they're not being schooled unless right. there's a Sunday school class, and, and not a lot of them can avail of themselves of that. No, you're so right. They don't, even, they don't even understand. And But the Lord just gave me a vision just quickly of... of uh, my own, my own sister. Uh, yeah. I mean, we have people yeah. that are new age. Yep. They're 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 just agnostic. I mean, yep. they just don't think they need it. Sister, and, you you you're you're hitting you're hitting a, a very important subject. So William Booth's revelation of hell and empty seats and and people perishing, along with Jonathan Edwards' sinners in the hands of an angry God, and many of the um, older prophets, of which I I just preached that last Sunday about the fact that we don't have a. Pro- prophetic ministry in America anymore. Most of our ministries are about, you know, sort of uh, managing the character of God, re-imaging God and making people feel good. But when people are called into the kingdom of God, we are called into an imminent service that has eternal significance behind it. But unfortunately, and I'm not going to drag on preachers today, but I will in the future because we are of the highest accountability uh, in the in the kingdom of God, um, when it's not preached, it's largely because it's not believed. And we don't have what I call a comprehensive soteriology in our preaching today. Um, at best, if it's good preaching in the area of the person work of Christ and salvation, it's just narrowed down to a decision for Jesus or being born again. And as a yeah. consequence, just kind of living happily. But biblical salvation, Linda, um, starts with conversion it leads to sanctification, and it has as its ultimate vision um, an eschatological uh, robustness that says that we are not yet ultimately saved until Christ comes again uh, and everything is brought into order by his glorious kingdom. And so, yes, we are saved, we are being saved, but we will yet be saved. And so that kind of large vision um, uh, brings into the sphere of our focus um, millions of lost people. So there's a sense in which uh, our joy should always be mixed with the sorrow of the loss as it was for Christ. And as it was for Paul, remember? Yeah. I could I could wish myself accursed uh, from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen after the flesh, that they could be saved. That's what he said in Romans chapter 9. And then again in Romans 10. So the problem with the church in a lot of ways is that we're we're babies and we're sucking on um, you know, yeah. bottles of milk that does not lead us to the kind of robust uh, communion with God that would move us out into a kind of robust evangelism that includes our children and relatives and loved ones. Listen, I'm way overdue. Over, over Sorry, due. Jesse. Well, God bless you. God bless oh, you. Oh, 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 my, 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 my co-pilot just said I'm good to go for five more minutes. I'll tell you what, though. I really appreciate your call. And I, and I hope that bug that you're dealing with is just that nasty thing we all have been dealing with. Are you turning the corner on that? I am turning the corner, but I, I, I have had a bad back for several months now, and so I'll, I'll take your prayer for that. Yeah, absolutely. That's my main worry. Thank absolutely. you so much. Bless Pastor you. Jesse. God bless you. You guys pray for Linda. 
and we'll pray for her tomorrow, I'm sure. Um, back problems, I know all about that. Sciatica, know all about it. Lower back, know all about it. Let me talk to Aries before we take a break. Or Arbus, before we take a break. Arbus, are you there? How are you? I'm good. Um, uh, I don't have any New Year's resolutions. How come? Yet. Um, my resolution is just to, you know, have a closer walk with the Lord. That's a great resolution, girl. That's know great. Know more about the Lord. That's great. Yeah, but I was really excited yesterday when you said that we were going to be talking to, um our next message is going to be in the book of Esther, because yeah. I had been wanting to ask you for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, when I read the the beginning of Esther, you know, um, you don't really hear God mentioned in the book of Esther at all. But when you read the first part, and it shows about um, King Ahasuerus having the banquet, mm-hmm. and he called all the people, mm-hmm. and then... Um, then he sent um, for the chamberlain to call his wife, I mean, the Queen Vestai, and she refused to come. Is that like um, showing how God called Israel to come, but they refused? And then when you see him um, have the people go out and sought young virgins, is that like um, showing how um, Christ is gathering his bride, the church? 100%. See, so you you, you got the framework. You know, we're going to be actually developing that fully over the next seven or eight weeks, like I stated, Mm -hmm. Um, because one of the errors that uh, goes on in our churches, and I'm going to actually be dealing with that as we're dealing with honor, you know, honor is our our theme, right? Right. Right. And so I, as I stated, the book of uh, Esther is all about honor. Ten times the term honor is used there, and the whole book is about honor. It's about honor of the king, honor of the queen, honor of the servant, honor of the saints. So it starts off with um, King Xerxes or Ahasuerus, but it ends with uh, Mordecai being lifted up and exalted and the people of God being exalted and Esther being exalted. So it is a wonderful uh, larger picture of the humility of the church and the exaltation of the church through Christ. Um, And so we're going to be working through that language and understanding why it is that you and I have been called to honor. And Vashti is definitely a picture of national Israel and its refusal to honor her husband, God, the father uh, in the context of him calling her to obedience. And she substituted by the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that's an ugly view for a lot of people, but it's very clear. The Lord Jesus Christ plainly said it. You know, he called, he called, they refused to come, and the kingdom was taken from uh, from Israel and given to others bearing the fruits thereof. So the principle of honor is a critical principle that believers need to know um, in order to make our calling and election sure. So see, the Spirit of God is giving you some good thoughts there, young lady. Um, so, like, can I ask you a question for yeah. in the future? Like, because, you know, sometimes I read, like, when I read the Bible, I just feel like, like, I'm like, I know that represents something, but I don't know where to go with that. Like, right. what do I do, you know? Nothing, like, nothing. There's nothing you can do. Well, there are things you can do, but I, well, I'm, I'm going to tell you now. Because your question is really part of the whole of the process of patience and growth with the saints. Mm-hmm. Another young lady um, uh, wrote me today and I sent her a lengthy um, commentary on how to profitably study the word of God mm-hmm. and uh, email me and I'll send it over to you too. I think I'm going to make it a, a bulletin article for this Sunday, but um, mm-hmm. people struggle with the Bible um, 
largely because, you know, they don't quite know, um, know God enough in terms of God's message and his purpose and his patterns of of behavior through the scriptures to put it all together. Um, And so what I tell people is in order to really study productively, you have to have a profoundly uh, committed devotion to God. Devotional reading is like at the top of the list. And what I mean by that is you can't read the Bible with the objective of just getting control over the scriptures. Um, That's pride and arrogance. God's word is too transcendent for us to get control over it. It has to be read devotionally. And from a devotional disposition of heart, God begins to reveal things to you in the scriptures relative to who he is and what he's doing. But that's also facilitated by a very crucial reality. And that's this Arbus. You have to have a really, really good Bible teacher um, as a guide. God has given the church gifts, pastors, teachers. And those pastor teachers are the local gifts. There are the universal gifts that God has given us, apostles and prophets and evangelists. That's the universal ministry that's been established. But local church leaders are pastors and teachers who are actually gifted by the Spirit of God to explain Scripture in a way to help accelerate your understanding. So the way you were able to put together the redemptive illusion of the first chapter of Esther, you notice how you did that? Mm-hmm. That's because you've been under good teaching for years, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. so the point, and, and that's just the way God has set it up. He, as he says in Isaiah chapter, Jeremiah three fifteen, I will give you pastors after my own heart who will, who will bestow upon you understanding and knowledge so that you might truly know God. That's, these are just the instrumental means by which God's people grow. So in conjunction with your devotional reading of scripture is the need for you to stay definitely on fire for hearing good sound expository preaching and teaching. And then over time you learn a little little bit more of the rules of biblical interpretation. And that trifecta um, is going to take you a long way into uh, learning the word of God more deeply and more accurately. But it's never going to be the case, as is not the case for even pastors, that we go into the word of God and as soon as we read it, we understand it. Right. Uh, and, and even when we labor um, carefully through the with the technical tools of biblical exegesis uh, and and seek to to exposit the text we don't always do a good job because the holy spirit is sovereign as to whether or not he's going to allow us to plumb the depths of that text so we have to pray and often wait and there are passages and texts and topics we have to leave alone until god matures us and grows us up or humbles us because some revelations only come through humility and then he may l- allow us to teach it to the congregation So this is a kingdom of patience uh, and humility before God, before he honors us with revelation. So we all have to be patient in that regard. Amen. Thank you so much for that. Can I ask you one more question? Can you please tell me the scripture where yesterday where you were saying how the bird... the, your thought Birds of the air is lodged in the, in, the, in the branches of our minds. Yes, in yeah, the book I of Isaiah. To find it. All right, I'll, I may give it to you in the break. Thanks. Okay. Got to take a break. All the lines are open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Give me a call now. All the lines are open. Looking forward to talking to you in a moment. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.